Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Miles Turner, for example, when we first started working together, I'm like, what do you like? And he's like, well, I don't really know. Um, he's like, I was like, okay, who are your favorite musical artists? And he said, Tyler, he like loves Tyler, the creator. So yeah. like we use that as a little bit of inspiration to begin with. And Tyler kind of has like this like prep school swagger a little bit. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today I'm here with Vic. Oh, should we start it? No, yeah. There Damn, you, you like no countdown or nothing, bro. You're oh, a fucking bro. pro. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. Dude, well, I, I'm like not that good at this. You got like three, two, I, one. I love that. Honestly, I think it's better to start this way because otherwise it'd be kind of boring. Um, <laughs> so I guess we'll just skip the part where I say that Vic is here because you know Vic is here. And yep. uh, today our guest is Ian Pierno. Ian, thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me, man. How has everything been on your end? What, what does the world look like for you in these last few weeks? Um, I mean, it's been busy. I'm basically working two jobs at this point, but um, it's shit that I love doing. I've kind of morphed that role I have at Slam, which is like doing like league fits, which is like our fashion vertical and kind of transitioned into styling a little bit. And that's been taking up a ton of time. But like, it's another form of like art, you know, putting an outfit together is like no different than like drawing a picture. You know what I mean? It's all just visual yeah. expression. So I love it. Maybe for some of those people who aren't super familiar with League Fits, can you kind of take everyone through what that is and like really the concept uh, behind it? Yeah, definitely. So when I was in college, um, I had just finished up an intern. I'm from, I'm from Raleigh. Um, I'd finished up an internship uh, with John Wall, who's from the city. And wait, basically... wait, before you even say that, are you a North Carolina or Duke guy? I went to NC State, um, so I hate okay, both. Better. Okay, even better. Yeah, even better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Dennis Smith Jr. dunk against Duke, the one that didn't count, that was like <laughs> the best day of college, and it's not even close. <laughs> we beat like number 17 Duke and like acted like we beat like yeah. number one Duke. That was a big yeah. deal for us because uh, we're the little brother school. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I had wrapped up an internship for John Wall that I did for like two years. I met through, you know, being in the same city and whatnot. And I uh, got a part-time gig at Slam Magazine. And obviously, like, sneaker coverage is a huge part of basketball. Slam kicks, beach report kicks, complex sneakers. Like, every vertical, yeah. every, every media outlet has a sneaker vertical. Um, and, like, my favorite players are always, like, Russell Westbrook and Nick Young. And I was like, man, if we cover sneakers so much, like, why don't we cover the outfits that go with them? You know what I mean? Because, like, Jordan's aren't even like an on-court sneaker anymore. So why don't we cover that? And that's kind of like 
I didn't even know a ton about fashion at the time. It was just kind of like logical, like, why doesn't this exist? Um, so that kind of became my baby at Slam uh, League Fits. Um, and started that in April 2018. So it's been a few years now. Holy shit. Yeah, it's been like three or four years. Um, and it's kind of blown up uh, into like this outlet of its own. And it's been pretty cool to see. When you started that, how did you go about starting it? Right. Because I think there are a lot of people listening that maybe have an, you know, uh, an Instagram account or a brand or an idea, right? Just mm-hmm. the inception of something. Uh, how did you go from having the idea and then really putting it into motion and getting to this point today where it is? Just shooting, like not being afraid to just shoot pictures into the void. Like there was months where like I had like 14 followers, 50 followers. Yeah. And literally, I just felt like I was like, damn, I'm just talking to myself at this point. <laughs> um, but like you got to like with anything, like you got to kind of be OK with that. And obviously, like I was pretty discouraged at some point. I was like, the ceiling for this is probably pretty low. Um, but like I was a college kid with like that's the best part about college is you just have tons of free time. Um, so I just poured tons of free time posting these tunnel fit picks into the void that nobody was really seeing, but I was okay with it because whatever, I was like, maybe one day. Did you, were you always in the fashion? Like, was that a, a big, you know, kind of I guess, motivator for you going into college and kind of growing up? Did you see yourself as kind of this stylist and someone who will run such an influential social media handle? Uh, hell no. <laughs> like I'm from Raleigh, like. Uh, I'd say Raleigh is not really like a fashion capital um, of the country. Like, dude, I was wearing my khakis and vans like throughout (laughs) high school and whatnot. Um, Just chilling. You know what I mean? Um, So I actually kind of learned about fashion after the fact. Like I always thought fashion was cool, but like I didn't know brands and shit like that. So that actually came after League Fits. Like I love any form of self-expression, whether it's through sports, music, fashion, whatever. But like I didn't know a lot, um, I guess, logistically about the industry before starting League Fits. That's really interesting. Uh, and I'm curious how now that's evolved for you, right? Like you're saying you didn't know about a lot of these brands um, that you're now discovering and interacting with. Um, mm-hmm. And you also have this platform to showcase them. What is that like for you? Do you have uh, certain brands now that you're a big fan of that um, you know you find yourself supporting more than other ones? Or, or is it a, a mix of big brands, big designer brands, small up and coming brands? Like, how does that all kind of come together? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's so interesting because like I feel like almost with everything in my life, basketball like was like my introduction to it. So even like fashion, basketball was my introduction to it. Um, so like the first brands I started learning about were these brands that basketball players are wearing. Um, and that's such a wide range. You have like yeah. Russell Westbrook, like Gucci head to toe. But then there's yeah. also like lots of like up and coming brands like like brands owned by just like regular ass people. And those are like the brands I really fuck with. Like, yeah, I'm going to like buy some Raph Simmons for some of like the guys I style. Um, That's also because they're 90 feet tall and that's what fits them. (laughs) Um, But like, I love mixing in. Like I always tell people like Gucci doesn't need our help. So like when I'm posting on like league fits, for example, like I always try and like showcase some of the up and coming brands, um, which a lot of like the basketball players like do fuck with, which I think is awesome because obviously they have, almost an unlimited budget um and so yeah i love finding ways to showcase some like up-and-coming brands brands with the story especially um you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh but i have a question you know as an athlete um someone who is yet to have a stylist you know that's up and coming but um when uh these brands approach you know athletes with uh 
their product and, and whatnot. Kind of how does that, how does that logistically look? You know, how, how do you, you know, you kind of touched on your, you're more into the, the grassroots kind of, kind of brands and, you know, you know, Gucci doesn't need all the marketing, but how, how do yeah. you kind of decide and how do you work with your uh, athletes and clients on what they want to express and kind of what the message they want to get out is? Um, I mean, for me, I just like to build relationships uh, with these brands, whether it's on behalf of the athletes, just for myself to eventually serve my athletes and whatnot. So like anyone that like hits me, if it's kind of like a personal vibe, like those are the relationships I start to cultivate a little bit more, at least attempt to, you know what I mean? Like I'd mm-hmm. rather have someone hit me in my DMs and be like, yo, this is our brand. We're from LA, da, 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 da. We're inspired by basketball. Then like getting like a fucking PR email. I'm sorry. Can I curse sure. in here? Yeah. no um i think that's very interesting and i think even to add to vic's question how do you then work with those nba players that um you know they come to you right what are they coming to you Uh, how are they approaching you are they saying hey we we like your style we like what you're doing um kind of what do you think i should be doing how should i be dressing or are they coming to you with hey this is my style this is what i like kind of find it or is it a balance? Like, how does that work with the players that you currently style? Yeah, it's interesting. I actually had a, like a pretty deep conversation with a name I won't drop yet, um, seeing if it turns into anything. But like, I was talking to a guy last week and he was like, can you show me like some of the outfits that you've done for other guys? And I was like, sure. I sent him like my portfolio, quote unquote, aka just my Instagram page. <laughs> um, and I was like, but like, don't look too much into this, dude, because every like it's not about what i like or what i've done in the past because the point of working with a stylist is like finding what you like and what you like is probably good and then making that great you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. don't judge the outfits i've put miles turner in and think that you're going to be the same thing or don't look at the nasa sense of outfits yeah. and assume that you're going to dress the same way because it's about working together like it's not like i show up to your house with 10 outfits and i'm like shut up try this on if it fits you're wearing it you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's a super collaborative effort um so it's about finding what they really like together kind of like turning like those 6 out of 10s into 9 out of 10s that's kind of my job um like miles turner for example when we first started working together i'm like what do you like and he's like why well, don't really know um he's like i was like okay who are your favorite musical artists and he said tyler he like loves tyler the creator so like we use that as a little bit of inspiration to begin with and tyler kind of has like this like prep school swagger a little bit um whereas like thanasis is into different things like they don't really dress alike or david duke jr from the brooklyn nets like he wants to dress like asap rocky slash like kurt cobain he says so it's like everyone is so different so it's about working together and being collaborative uh, and it's interesting that you say, you know, when you spoke to Miles Turner, he kind of gave you the, you know, I don't really know what I like. And I feel like a lot of people who are intrigued by fashion and interested in staying trendy, quote unquote. And, you know, I kind mm-hmm. of hate the kind of the hype beast fashion. The guys that just kind of go with trends and just buy it, but don't have their own unique style. How would you say or how would you help somebody in cultivating their own unique personal like this is my aesthetic as a person. And how would you describe your own style? Um, so I'd say when like finding your own aesthetic, it's just like a matter of trial and error. Like the first time I went to Miles' house, I, I showed up with like three giant checked suitcases full of clothes. And it was just like kind of like pushing limit, like boundaries yeah. a little bit and like seeing mm-hmm. what works and what didn't. I think we left that 
there was like 30 outfits. I think we ended up using like about half of those. Um, but it was cool because he learned what I um, wanted to like influx into his closet based on his taste. And so it's it really is just a matter of trial and error. And that is like you said, I'm not like a big like hype trends guy either. I think it's just like mm-hmm. exhausting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so many guys like just hop on the hype beast trends because it's honestly really easy. Like right. if Gucci, Gucci in the North Face just dropped a jacket, that's all over highs and abidey and hype yeah. beast. Like the Instagram page is like, it's easy to just cop that online real quick. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take a lot of effort. The thing with fashion too and the hype beast style, right, is it's a social thing, right? You wear that mm-hmm. jacket and people acknowledge what you're wearing because they recognize it. You know, it's the easier, yeah. the easier like check mark in a sense, you know, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, finding your own style, your own unique voice and and putting that in the world can be kind of more intimidating to people than going with the, you know, okay, if I wear a Gucci North Face jacket, I'm gonna walk down the street. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, nice jacket, you know, or get that, you get that right. validation. It's familiar. Right. Yeah, but familiar yeah. isn't always the best. You know what I mean? hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, with anything in society, just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's it's good or you. Hundred percent. And and I want to kind of take it back a little bit um, to the Lee Fit story, right? Your story. Mm-hmm what brought you out to LA. So you have this idea, you're doing it, you're talking to yourself. Like you said, uh, you got a couple followers. <laughs> when did things kind of start to pick up and what was that like for you? What were you doing that was pushing those things to start picking up? Um, I mean, really just tree, even when the account had 12 followers, 18 followers, like I always treated it like it had 500,000. You know what I mean? So I think it really started to gain steam though. Like once I moved to LA because I was able to like network with different, I hate the phrase network. I think that's like the shittiest phrase ever. I was able to like meet people. It's just so unauthentic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does sound kind of like cd and and just yeah negative. who who i meant to meet i will meet you know what i mean i like anyway but i was able to meet guys like nick young who are on the account all the time and be like yo i'm league fits and i am ian who does league fits um and like then they start interacting with the account and so the players really once like a few players that like f- like ron league fits a lot like nick for example started fucking with it and reposting it that's when it really started to take off like it's crazy. Back a couple of years ago when I moved to LA, I was just like a general social person at Slam because League Fits wasn't that big yet. So like I was logged into Slam, Slam High School, League Fits, Slam Kicks, all these things. And like, despite League Fits being the smallest account at the time, like it got by far the most DMs from players being like, hey, yo, like, yeah. like, like Tyler Harrow is like, yo, can you post this picture? And it's so funny because he has like yeah. four times as many followers as League Fits. But like, so I think like when the players started co-signing it, which definitely started with Nick Young, that's when it started like really gain momentum. And how did it end up getting involved with Slam? When did that come along? And, and when did it kind of uh, the two things become intertwined? Uh, from the get-go, because I was part-time at Slam, um, wow. when the idea of a basketball fashion account like kind of came together, and actually Adam Figman was the one that came up with the name League Fits, um, and it just like made sense. Because when I first started at Slam, I was like bottom of the totem pole type shit. I was working like one night a week, like on like the Twitter account, um, and I was just like f- trying to find more work to do, more shit to do. Um, it was like I said, college, like you have so much free yeah. time. I was not like a D1 athlete or anything like that. Um, and so that's became a thing. I was like, let's do this. When, uh, let's uh, continue to, to evolve around sports. What, uh, what brought you into sports? Like what, 
I know you say you like, you know, any kind of form of, um, you know, personal expression. What, uh, what brought you into sports? Did you play sports? If you had to pick a favorite sport, who are you? Are you representing teams? Yeah, I, I didn't really have a choice, but to like love basketball. Basketball was my, like one of my first loves. And that's Mm -hmm. because the two cities I lived in growing up were Seattle and then Raleigh, which are two of like the biggest basketball, um, just factories in in the country. You know what I mean? Like Seattle, um, Nate Robinson, Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Crawford, like all those guys. Then North Carolina, I think is number two in the country and like D one players per capita, like my high school basketball games. Like we weren't even that good. We were like a first round playoff exit type team. Like every Friday night, like the gym was just packed. It was like high school football in Texas. So (laughs) I didn't really have a choice, but to love basketball. That's just like a part of where I grew up and, I'm so thankful that I grew up in those two cities. But, and Vic asked the other thing, what's your favorite team? Um, so I was, a, I was a Supersonics fan and I'm still waiting for them to come back. I messed with the Knicks for a little bit when Nate Robinson went there um, and then started watching the Knicks a bunch when Melo was there. But now I'm just kind of like, now I'm just like a Pacers Bucks fan. Like I kind of float around, mm-hmm. but when the Supersonics come back, it's a wrap. If, if you've been listening to Bill Simmons, sounds like something. Yeah, it sounds like there's a team coming. Yeah, I, coming I, I heard I heard that like a year and a half ago. So. <laughs> you got the inside info too. <laughs> I actually I actually tipped Bill off. So oh, there don't you worry go. about it. You're the source. <laughs> so going back to styling, uh, for you, what are your goals there? You know, what does that look like? Do you want to have your own styling, you know, agency, uh, kind of build that out one day? you know, uh, crossover into other sports, maybe even musicians, artists, like what's the vision there for you? Yeah, I eventually want that to be what I do full time. Um, you know, like I've built, I've done the social media build up thing and I'm like, cool. Like I did it. It was like such a cool learning experience. So I definitely eventually want to move to styling full time. And I want to touch like lots of different areas. I think the two biggest, like influences and inspirations for me in life are sports and music so I think those are like the two niches like I really want to like slide into like because this what's the Drake lyric um I don't even listen to Drake like that but like they say sport (laughs) sports and rap are so synonymous we want to be them and they want to be us like it's the same like my favorite basketball players always like the rock star kind of guys the Nick Youngs the Kelly Oubre's like those just like Jimi Hendrix like type of personalities so I think there's so much crossover um, despite the fact that like a rock star and a shooting guard do very different things to make a living, but like the way they carry themselves are so similar. So I think music and sports are like definitely the two areas that I always want to stay uh, tapped into when I'm doing styling. So would those be your fashion icons, like the Nick Youngs of the world, the Kelly Oubre's, or, or who would you from sports and music, give us your fashion icons in each, you know, uh, maybe your you know, top two, three, whatever you think, whatever comes to mind in each. Well, the easy is Dennis Rodman. Um, Like I'm a full like nineties kid myself. I mean, I'm born in 97, but like my parents like grew up in the nineties. So like I was always so influenced by like nineties music, (laughs) nineties aesthetics and things like that. So like Dennis Rodman is is my goat fashion goat period. Um, Like, so I draw so much inspiration from him and like what he'd wear to his media appearances, what he'd wear in the tunnel, like before wearing outfits in the tunnel was even really a thing. Um, And then in music, that's so tough because there's so many, I'd say maybe Lenny Kravitz. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. He definitely has a very unique style. He's still like a style icon to this day. 
Yeah, I've, it hasn't aged a bit. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, and then also, I want to ask, what are some dream players for you? People you really want to work with uh, going forward? I can imagine I know a couple of them based off people you already mentioned. But is there a list yeah. you have in mind of people you're working on getting to? Um, honestly, no. I I just like blank slates uh it's less about names and more about like attitude like i love some of the guys i I currently work with just because when we started working together they were kind of a blank slate and like we had to do like this discovery of like what they like and what i like and meshing that together like that was a journey that we had to take together so it's less about names and more just about guys that are that are open to maybe pushing their comfort zones like a little bit and uh so as far as that goes i don't know about like a dream name um at least on the sports side a music I want to style Willow Smith though. That'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah, or just the Smith siblings in general. I would yeah, love to style I them. I hey, look, yeah. you keep doing your thing, and, and that's definitely gonna to become a reality. Um, maybe for people also who are interested in getting into being stylists in this line mm-hmm. of work, um, can you walk them through what that looks like for you? Maybe a day in the life of of working for a Miles Turner. You know what you're doing. Uh, you're going to shops. Are you you know calling him and showing him pieces? What does that look like? It's a uh, one thing I didn't know about styling when I started to get into it um, is just how much driving it is. So you basically have <laughs> you to live, a car. Li- yeah, you need a car. Like I, you and you have to live in New York or LA. There's no other real option, to be honest with you. Um, but it's a lot of driving. So basically, like the Nassus, for example, um, he pulls most of his clothes, which basically means I go to showrooms and he he borrows them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but all these showrooms are like scattered all over LA, like Westwood, Beverly, downtown. So like you're hitting like six spots in a day, you know, picking up just piece after piece. Usually I don't even like have an outfit in mind. I'll be like, okay, these are sick pants. And then maybe I'll find the top for it, like five stops later in my day. Um, and then it is also like a lot of like FaceTiming too, like with Miles, Miles and I FaceTime like five times a week. Um, sometimes it's like, he's on the road in his hotel room. He's like, yo, am I wearing this right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like going to the store and being like, yo, would you mess if I bought this for you? Um, so it's kind of a mix. It's, but it's a lot of communicating, lots of FaceTimes, lots of driving. Um, but it's fun. It's exhilarating. Yeah. Like when you find a piece, like, I feel like a little kid, like finding like candy or some shit. Also, I'm kind of curious how you, um, how you match pieces, right? Like we talked the other day, you came to the studio mm-hmm. and you pulled some stuff. And I remember you pulled one pair of pants, the warm up pants, and you were like, all right, I, I like these. I think I can figure something out for them. How do you then come up with that matching piece, right? <laughs> like, do you, do, you have a fo- do you like put a note in your phone? Like, all right, for Miles or whoever, I got to find this matching top and these are the kind of colors I need to look for. Or is that mm-hmm. just fully in your head when you go out looking, you're in the back of your mind, you still have that kind of logged? Yeah. Um, so I, I live in a pretty small apartment. It's like 450 square feet, you know, LA shit, but, um, and I, but I actually have a big closet in here, but all of my like client clothes, I keep on a rack in my living room. Um, so that way, like I'm always seeing what I have. Um, so like every time I walk in or out of my apartment, I'm seeing like those pieces, like those green pants are hanging up behind me in the living room right now. Um, so I'm always constantly reminded of what I have. Um, so it kind of stays in my head a little bit and like literally scrolling through Instagram say I found like a sick hoodie by some random dude I follow like that he posted on his Instagram story and was like need that 
Um, so like sometimes it happens, like, like I've been yeah. holding on to this one jacket from, uh, my buddy Mark has a brand, the incorporate. I've been holding on to like this one jacket for like three weeks. And like, I finally found pants for them today. Um, so it, it just kind of depends. Usually it's all just kind of a stroke of luck. You know what I mean? Cause I try not to force it. Like that's something I learned. Like I used to like go out shopping for miles, for example, and I'd be like, okay, I need to find the yeah. top for these, for these murder bravado jeans today. Um, and I just, you know, and then you, you settle. So usually like now I don't rush as much and I kind of just wait for that stroke of luck, wait for something to just hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's honestly, I think that's really helpful, uh, advice just for anyone that's listening that is looking into getting involved in some way in that industry. Um, you know, your insight is, is super, super important. And I think what you just said, just kind of like not forcing it is the truest thing about fashion. That's what we're talking about here. Um, with player style, right? Like you can tell when someone's forcing it. So I think the way yeah. that you're approaching it is a much more organic and authentic way to go about styling these guys. And, and it's awesome to hear how collaborative it is and, and just kind of, you know, how far you you've come with it and, and definitely excited to see where everything goes. Um, I appreciate it. No, go ahead. Before you start wrapping it up, I got to, you know, you two are both in kind of the fashion industry. Yeah. You, know, you guys both have your heads wrapped around it. I got some quick fire you know, kind of myth buster questions to ask uh, Ian here as the, you know, the, the regular person or the more, more so regular person in the conversation. Uh, my first question is what the hell is a showroom? Like what, what, what is that? Sorry. Like, is Sorry. that like a store? What is, um, a so, you know, what like a public relations agency is, right? Yeah. So they're basically, there's fashion specific ones. And what they do is just whatever brands, fashion brands they represent, they have a, kind of like a store but you don't buy anything just a place to pull clothes from and basically okay. so like for thanasis for example the first time we worked together um i didn't really know what he was going like so i pulled just a ton of pieces and it's cool because mm -hmm. the stuff that doesn't work you can just bring back and it's all right, all right. is um, it free it is free oh wow for the most okay. part there's some places where you can rent and things like that mm -hmm. um but uh usually I, I go to showrooms where you can just free pull and it's like, it's a win-win because right. the showrooms that they, they have to show their brands that they're getting their clothes on and cool people, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that relationship works. With your bit more like your bigger clients, when you're, um, you know, you're pulling stuff and you're kind of showing them clothing, right? Like, is there ever a time when you're, you know, you're kind of like slipping this, like no name or very small brand that you like, into the pieces you show them and you're just kind of like, all right, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, then, you know, oh. you're just like, here you go. Dude, all the time, bro. These guys, yeah, I, what I love about some of my guys is like, they don't care as much about like the logos. I'm not a big logo guy anyway. Like mm -hmm. I don't need like a graphic tee for everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so definitely like, and it's interesting, like I've pulled like some designer shit for like the NASA's, for example, mm -hmm. and the most he's excited I've ever been, he's ever been was when I pulled a pair of pants for him and it was from like a Greek designer and it was like a smaller mm -hmm. brand, like a few thousand Instagram followers. I was like, yo, by the way, those pants you wore, um, with your Montclair jacket, uh, those were from Greece. And he was like, no way. Like he was so excited. <laughs> so, um, it's the, like, those are the things that gets these guys excited or, you know, for like miles, like uh, he wanted to dress up as a cowboy when he went to Texas. So I had someone uh, in Texas run a few errands for me and buy like cowboy 
apparel, cowboy apparel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Cowboy gear, like in <laughs> like it from the city that Miles yeah. is from. So that you know, that was like super cool. And that's the shit he gets excited about. Yeah. Yeah. And what what level of like uh you know, if we're on a sliding scale of celebrity, right? At what level are they just not paying for shit anymore? Where it's just like, you know what? Give it to them. It's better for us. We just give it to them anyway. Um, the NASA has not spent anything on clothes. <laughs> like in know. the time that we've That's just lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's a, it's a mix. What, um, and I guess my last question would be, uh, if you had to pick your three best dressed NBA players that you've seen, who would they be? Or three styles that you really appreciate that aren't your guys? Okay, I was about to say Thanasis, Miles, David. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, I would have to say Jordan Clarkson for sure. Um, Frank Jackson on the Detroit Pistons. Okay. And I think Devin Booker is the best dressed dude in the league. I what think it's think, just so effortless. What do you think they do so well? I was um, gonna say Devin Booker's got to be the '90s aesthetic you like. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the long sleeves under the short sleeves. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was just talking with someone about this literally earlier today. I was like. Literally, when I was growing up, I used to wear the Tony Hawk like yep, clothing yeah. brand, yep. and the long sleeve was built into the short yep, sleeve. Like it was that. one shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I wore those every day, and I was like, "Damn!" Like I got rid of that shit. Like once I like hit my growth spurt and like didn't really tap back into it, I'm like, back. It's back. Like <laughs> I really feel like I'm so glad that like I'm like 25 right now, and I feel like my aesthetic is like coming back in. It's really like I really started to shift in the styling at the perfect time i feel so lucky um but yeah devin keeps it so clean i think jordan clarkson can wear like some crazy shit but it it doesn't feel like he's trying to be crazy like some dudes like they wear some crazy shit and you're yeah. like yeah they were going for like shock factor yeah. here like i never feel that way with jordan even when he wears like a kilt or something like that um and then i love seeing like a little bit of like class and i think frank jackson is just so classy and just so true to like he's like from like the mountains in utah or something and like the way he dresses like you can tell you know what i mean like he's a kid from random town utah but like and now he's in this big city detroit making millions but like he still like stays true to him you know what i mean so i mess Mm -hmm. with that yeah that i think those are three pretty good uh examples of everything we've talked about vic you want to wrap it up and ask him the question yeah Uh-oh. um we gotta we gotta you know we have to do it the mm-hmm. uh question everyone waits for is uh you gotta name your mount rushmore basketball players top four all-time basketball players and you have to name them in order oh. like you have to say one is michael jordan for example and, you yeah. know you can't you know and no you can't say it no Kobe, for example yeah 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 whatever um you can, whatever okay Number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Number three, Sue Bird. Wow. Number four, Magic Johnson. That's that's cool. The fact that he didn't say LeBron at all. What even a thought of LeBron is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, dude, this is a Mount Rushmore. Like, yeah. this is like so niche. But yeah, yeah. you know, if we had like a like a Mount Rushmore snow globe or something like LeBron would be in that one for sure. <laughs> no, <globe. laughs> <You know? laughs> I love we that. got Honestly. like another four. I love yeah. that. And no, no one said Sue Bird before. I, I, I love no, no one has Sue Bird. I'm a big fan of Sue Bird. Yeah. Sue Bird's legit. her style is pretty dope too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sue Bird. I would mess with styling. That would, that would be a cool one. I would well, geek sure, out to style I'm Sue sure Bird. It'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen soon. But... <laughs> 
Uh, Ian, I'm not opposed. Appreciate your time, man. Good luck with everything, and and let's happen again soon. Hell yeah, you already know, bro. Appreciate you, boss. Take care. Peace. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.